welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, friends? Thanks for joining Bobby, Jean, and I on the podcast today. As we continue our marathon through the book of Proverbs today, we're finding ourselves in Proverbs chapter 22. And so like the um, last number of podcasts, um, we'll kind of go through it almost verse by verse, just because there's no linear thought. Um, it kind of just comes point by point by point, and we'll unpack the ones that, that stand out. Bobby Jean. Yes. Verse number go. one. Kick what you got? A good name is, you said 22, right? Yeah. Proverbs oh, okay, 22. Good. Just got to check in. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Hmm. Why? Why? What is this about, Clark? What's going on here? Yeah, you had to convince me. Like, I'll take a pile of gold um, over an okay Oh, name. I have thoughts on this. But I, I think when it comes to like <laughs> reputations and having a good name and yeah. just thinking through our, our own experiences, okay, I've received like really helpful and good advice um, sure. from people with a good name. And there's been a vetting process because all kinds of people mm. offer you advice. But it's yeah. like, oh, you hear about like this elder in the church or this teacher who's been, you know, in the public school for 40 years and has been a man of integrity and high sure. character. And he, he offers you some insight. You're going to be quick to take that. And mm. and I also think one of the things that happens often within ministry is people will come and ask for referrals and they want to know like, hey, I'm looking for to hire somebody or I'm looking for someone right. to rent a room. And if you have a, a good name and a good reputation, your word carries an immense amount of weight. Mm -hmm. And when you speak for somebody on somebody's behalf, whether it's to get a, a job or it's to get a, um, an acceptance into a school, um, even babysitting, I was thinking about that, like asking yeah. around, like, who, who do you trust and who's got a, a good name, a good reputation about them to come and watch your I most I know, we always kind of like valuable possession on clam Earth. up when people ask us that. Yeah, who's like, your babysitters? Like, mind your own business. We why do you want to know? Top four or five, and everybody else. <laughs> Are you looking for a good babysitter? Oh. <laughs> no, you yeah, can't and have. And a then even to un unfold that a little bit farther, though. It. Yeah, unravel it. Mm -hmm. um, I've also come to believe, with all my heart, that this should be a proverb, a proverb of Clark. Okay, I'm ready. It is not what you know; it is who you know that makes a huge difference in this world. And yeah. again, going back to school, connections, friendships, dating, relationships, getting accepted to work, whatever. Mm. It comes, it, there's so many people submitting resumes and they're on dating apps and whatever else. But it comes down to like word of mouth and you speaking on behalf of other people and allowing that to be like, oh, well, you yeah. know, if, if Bobby Jean told me this person's a, a good person I should rent my room out to, then... I believe her. I'm going to believe her. Yeah. I'm going to do it. And that ends up benefiting everybody involved. And I just think back to some of the more influential people um, that had done significant things in our, in our world that have affected so many people, like MLK or Abraham Lincoln, Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman Billy Graham, uh, just some of the names that came into my head right away. For a lot, for most of them, it was who they are is what impacted what they did. Now, unfortunately, yeah. the Billy Graham one is the one I, I put with some reservation because while he had a fruitful ministry and God used him to tell so many people around the world about Jesus, his family 
paid a huge price for it. If you ever want to watch it, there's an interview with, mm. I think, Ruth Graham, his daughter. And they open up about uh, drugs and sex and his kids basically um, having a huge hole in their heart from not having a father at home ever because he had given his life to the church and to the ministry. And so if you just get on, I think it's on 60 Minutes or Time, something like that. We can just go on YouTube and watch it. And there was, there's a redeeming aspect to it. But, but again, um, it's, it's a good name is more desirable than riches. But just make sure that that good name... You're there's not, no legacy. Then. Exactly. You're not paying a, a price for that reputation, for that name. But actually, your family, your friends, those closest to you are still being blessed. Well, I want to speak into this for a second because I think that's part of the reason that having a good name is so valuable is because often it's a passive gift to you. So like what you're saying is it's just talking to other people or some of you guys, you've had generations, you've had generations of people before you, grandparents and great grandparents who have um, just lived because upright lives who have, who have a good name that just because you belong to them, you come under their umbrella of grace for respect and admiration and that kind of stuff. And I want to encourage people that are listening right now, maybe you don't have a good name. You haven't come from a lineage that's like that. You're actually starting a new branch of your generational tree and you're stepping away from some of the things that your family has Mm. done. The best name that you can come under is the name of Jesus Christ. Yep. And so it's by that name that we're saved. It's by that blood that we're saved. And that's when (laughs) right now, even in our culture, Sometimes it's offensive, but you, you, you cannot deny the power of that name and mm-hmm. the goodness of that name yeah. and the future of that name. And so hang on to that because that's the truth. A good, a good name is a, is a good thing. And the greatest name is the name of Jesus. Absolutely. And that name, that reputation can be given to people no matter which language you are, whether yeah. you're male or you're female, or right. whether you're rich or for poor. And that's kind of what verse two gets at. It says, rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is maker of them all. And I've heard, I've heard this so many different times where, hey, you come into the world naked and helpless, and you're basically going to leave the world naked and helpless and without anything. <laughs> and Grandpa Corver would always say, yeah. I've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul behind it, yeah. meaning we're not taking our stuff with us. And yeah. so um, everything we have, whether it's a little or it's a lot, use your stuff to bless God and give him glory. Hmm. Verse three, the prudency, danger, and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. This made me think of a quote that we've talked about. Like you really want to live and learn because you don't just want to keep living. Because there's sometimes where it's like people oh, where just yeah. keep living and you live in some of these decisions. You're like making the same decision over and over again. And it's just painful. Oh. Like don't, don't just keep living, live and learn oh. and learn from what's going on One, and move on. A couple of stories that come <laughs> to my mind. One, um, more lighthearted, just that's where that, mm. that quote was birthed in our family. Like, Hey, some people live and learn. Some people just live. We're doing a Compton cleanup day and it was like a hundred degrees in July. This was probably yeah. 10 years ago. And yeah. there was a school that for some reason we decided to paint this school yellow and it was on top yep. of like a darker brown. So we did not calculate. So I'm talking, we have yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people at this site. We did not calculate that we were going to probably need two or three coats of paint to go on top right. of this thing. Everywhere. And so yeah. every drop of paint was valuable and we quickly ran out. And so we're trying to keep people entertained while we order more paint. People are driving in paint from all different places and all kinds of ways. And this guy from our church had a five gallon bucket a bucket of yellow yeah. paint yes. and he did not check the lid properly and he dropped it 
and it spilled out all over the sidewalk. All over the sidewalk, all over the and, grass. And yeah. me and my cousins actually were the ones who were there, Clint and Kurt, were like, oh no, so we're grabbing paper towels, we're trying to help this dude, we're putting stuff on it, dirt, trying to give it covered up, and we're like, man, that paint. You know, we have like 350 yeah. people waiting here to paint, and we just dropped five gallons, we needed that, okay. That's right, make mistakes, some people live and learn, let's go. So we're sitting there. This kid's trying to be helpful. Goes and grabs another, five, like the last five-gallon bucket we got. Right. Does the exact same thing. Drops it again down a, down a hill. Down a, a sidewalk that was sloped down in the yellow paint just went. Yeah. And that's where we just looked at each other. It's 110 degrees or whatever. We're all yeah. just toast. Like, like Well, some people <laughs> live and learn. Some people just live. Um, but on a more serious note, when you see this, like the yeah. prudent see danger and they take refuge, like, all right, just get out of this person's way because this person's just a wrecking ball. Yeah. The simple keep going and they're going to pay the penalty. Um, when's it a good idea to get out of the way? I think when you're dealing mm-hmm. with fools, the proverb often talks about that. If you're dealing with someone like, for instance, who's drunk or on some substance, yeah. like there's no point in talking to them. One, they're probably not going to remember this conversation. For sure. um, there's other people who like to flirt with sin and pain. And if there's no desire mm-hmm. to grow, that means you have no shared meaning in, in any kind of outcome with them. Because if you're following Jesus, there's got to be right. a desire to change, to grow, to heal, to do these things. And if they mm-hmm. don't have that same desire, then move on, wish them the best. You can pray for them from a distance. But that's where it, you live out the scripture where you're seeing danger and you're like, I'm getting out of the way. This mm-hmm. person's going to hurt somebody, hurt themselves. And yeah. It's a good word. Yep. It keeps going, you guys. There's a lot of good stuff. We'll we'll keep hitting it. It's gonna go to go to verse six. Verse six. Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So this is just one. If you've been in church for any amount of time, Proverbs twenty two verse six is probably one that you've heard. Whether you've been in children's ministry or just on church on a Sunday morning, and it really is such a beautiful truth. I in another translation, it uses the word train, train up your children um, in the way they should go. And really that word just speaks so much more to the intentionality and the focus and and really the ins and outs of like, what does this look like? How are we doing this? Because what this verse is saying is, hey, get your children into church and then they'll always be Christians. No, 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 no. That's not what it's just saying. It's also saying be intentional with the way, whether you're a spiritual mother and father and you're getting to know kids at VBS and and, in Sunday school or you're... Um, have kids within your own home, be intentional with how you get to know them and how you get to spend time with them and you you come to understand who they are and how God made them so that you can help direct their path unto the Lord for the future. So, hey, you know, you're gifted in this, or I see this in you, or it seems like the Lord's really put this on your heart. So that way you're facilitating growth and not just kind of growth that leads to, you know, like, oh, hey, a good job or or something safe in the future, but something that's glorifying God, something that's taking an investment and interest in the kingdom of heaven. And so part of that, though, comes by modeling. So as a parent or a leader, we ask ourselves, am I living 
out life that is a captivating and a beautiful, convincing life for the kingdom of God. Because mm, that's, that's something as a church body, we stand up and we say that when we have baptism, we say, hey, we're going to come alongside and we're going to worship God together and we're going to discipline together. That we'll, like, Will you be have a soft heart? Will you submit yourself? And that's one of those things like when you look around a church, whether you're a spiritual parent or you have kids under your roof and you think, man, if I'm a kid, I'm looking at you and think, man, why do they still like come to church? Like why? Why are they on fire for Jesus? Why are they passionate about this? If someone were to look at your life, like would they be convinced of this? That this is this is not just dry and lifeless, but this is like a faith journey that they want to go on till mm-hmm. they're 80, 90, 100 years old, until they get home. And so all of that actually kind of goes under this word of of training, of showing, of um, modeling, modeling a <laughs> yeah. life that's submitted to Christ so that when kids are old, when they have gray hair, when they're raising up their own kids, that it's the same faith, mm. that, that they have that legacy that's been given to them, that they've been pointed on. That's it's, it's an active training and an active intentional training with focus toward so, a beautiful those life. Are, those are provoking questions. Yeah. So ask it's yourself good. that if you need to rewind this and go back and hear what Bobby Jean just brought up, do that. Um, the the proverb that. naturally transitions to the same kind of thought where it's like, hey, you're going to reap what you sow. Verse seven and eight, it mm. says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Whoever sows injustice reaps calamity and the rod they wield in fury will be broken. And so that whole, you're going to reap what you sow and the seed is going to determine the crop. Like you, yeah. you, I mean, you laugh at me, but if I went in and scattered corn seed and I'm really yeah. frustrated because beans are not point popping up. You'd say, well, no duh, Clark, because you scattered, you know, corn, corn. seed. Yeah. Well, when it comes to life, are we uh, convincing people? Are we scattering seed that is gospel oriented, edifying, encouraging, blessing, kind? Mm. Because if that is the case and in time, it might not be every specific moment, but in time, sure. you're going to create a culture around you. If you're a Christian, this is going to be the work of the spirit in your life. That's going to mm. bring up these themes, the, these fruit of the spirit. And so are you sowing so, life of joy and truth and love? That is going to be harvest, harvested in time. And you can see this in families. You can see this in specific churches and organizations. I'm, I'm a big on culture. And you just go to any Chick-fil-A across the country for the most part. And you see that that yeah. culture has rubbed off. What they, They're reaping what they sow. And so if you're a leader, cast vision and hold people accountable to the standard you feel like God's called you to, whether it's at your work or at your home or your team or your church. And if you're on a team Mm -hmm. and you're following somebody, join in and embody the mission, the values that you've pledged yourself to. Give God glory. Be part of something bigger than yourself because your gifts and skills are needed. Verse 9 and 10 and 11 and 12 both kind of have to do with like how just specific kind of tangible ways that we live our life. So 9 and 10 sound like this, the generous will themselves be blessed. Interesting that they're blessed because they share. Mm. For they share their food with the poor. Verse 10, drive out the mocker and those and out goes strife. Quarrels and insults are ended. And so <laughs> that I feel like this is just kind of also some of the basic common sense that the Proverbs just have all over where it's like, Hey, make distance, make distance between yourself and someone who, whether there's gossip or someone who's a mocker, you know, don't, let's not continue to 
um, be in proximity with someone where it's like, no, this is not going to end well. Hmm. There's quarrels and insults. Um, verse 11, one who loves a pure heart and who speaks with grace will have the king for a friend. Verse 12, the eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he frustrates the words of the unfaithful. It's interesting. There's a, we have a little note here. Those with a lot to say often have little to do. <laughs> yep, that's so true. Isn't that interesting? Some yeah. people, it's just kind of like, hey, here's a problem. 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 Like, and at enough, some point, enough, it's like, enough. hey, okay, what are we doing to find the solution? What are we doing to make a solution? Where it's like, how can we actually be someone that comes in and maybe mm-hmm. there is a moment of truth? Like, hey, this is going on. And then the gracious, loving speech to leads, like, here's an idea I have. What? Let's consider this. Where is the direction that we can actually step in and go together? Maybe it's one step. Maybe it's 12 steps. Um, but you, you and I... You and I both know um, situations like that, or we've had like a problem that's just glaring us in your face and someone just keeps letting you know, like, hey, there's a problem here. Hey, there's a problem here. And we're like, we know, we see. <laughs> and so let's be folks that uh, that actually step in and be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Let's keep yeah, going. The, yeah, the next one kind of deals with foolish speech. The sluggard mm-hmm. says, there's a lion outside. I'll be killed in the public square. Charles Spurgeon, who's a great reformed pastor, has this quote. He says, in both texts, the slothful or the sluggard man is represented as having something to say. And I think there are people who have so much to say, but very little to do. And when there, again, there's nothing to do, there's so much more talked about. And it's like, you're talking foolishness. You don't even know what's outside because you're just sitting at home laying sideways eating Doritos. Like, come on now. That's such a picture of social media. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, my word. So often, folks, there's actually a lot. There's nothing to say. Just get up and do the hard work. Yeah, that's why you just, we were were watching just some sports stuff, getting ready for whatever. And it's just the analysts on Monday overanalyze everything that happened on Sunday (laughs) because it's their job and they got to make something big out of nothing. It's like, oh, did you see the look they gave them? And you're like, this is a waste of my life. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's keep going. Verses 14 and 15 says the mouth of an adulterous woman is a deep pit and a man who is under the Lord's wrath falls into it. Folly mm-hmm. is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far away. Mm-hmm. And so the question you ask yourself here is who teaches a child to sin? Well, mm-hmm. nobody. It naturally comes from the within sin. their own heart. Yeah. I feel like at like 18 months, it might be kind of cute because the child still like wants to share or wants to be helpful but when they hit two, there's a transition that occurs where they start to have their own desires and things that they want for themselves, <laughs> even if it's at the sake of bopping their sibling on the head or whatever. <laughs> and the, But what this verse teaches us here yeah. is that with godly discipline, there can be redemption for all of us. Yeah. And so we improve our consequences at home. This is one thing Bobby and I have been working on is when you know our kids are doing something that's not godly or helpful or kind, we're not just saying, hey, go to timeout and they, sit there and think about yourself. That, yeah. It's like, how can you actually redeem this and make this helpful for them and the family? And so now right. it's like, all right, hey, you're doing dishes. And instead of sitting in timeout, you're going to do dishes. And while you're doing dishes, we're going to talk. And in it, we're talking about matters of the heart. Or we're going to fold laundry together or whatever. And we want to help yeah. understand the why behind why we do what we do. And mm-hmm. and that takes time. Honestly, as adults, we're still trying to figure it out for us. And so mm-hmm. whether that's in a workplace or if it's team life, think through your consequences and how can you make those things edifying and encouraging. 
Um, let's keep going. One of the things that's, that's really interesting, again, in dealing with our formation, whether it's a child or an adult, is verse 21 mm. um, and 20. It says, Have I not written 30 sayings for you, sayings of counsel and knowledge, teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth, so that you will bring back truthful reports for those you serve? Notice that the author in this section of the proverb is talking about what we intake via our eyes and our ears, because what we intake in our eyes and ears forms our hearts and our minds. And so every day it's good just to do a time of reflection, probably as you go to bed. How was my day? And where did I meet God? Where were there moments of edification and blessing? What did I read and learn and watch and hear? And how did that form me for better or for worse? And that's what the author is getting at here, moving towards honesty, moving towards truth and giving honest reports to the people we serve. And that comes with, again, being aware with mm-hmm. what's what's coming in. Yeah. 22 and 23 talk about not exploiting people, not exploiting the poor because they are poor and do not crush the needy in court for the Lord will take up their case and he will exact life for life. I think sometimes, um, you know, you look around the world and we assign value and that's just... Uh, out of our hardness, out of our own heart. And so I'm so super grateful actually for Fridays at Emmanuel when the food bank is open. We really just seek to to actually see people mm-hmm. in our community and step in where we can um, because that's, that is so at the gospel center. Um, yeah, not exploiting people, but then really taking care, you know, of the orphan, of the widow, of the poor. Yeah. And really that takes a humility and, and a kindness of heart because that's what verse 23 is speaking to, that the, that the it's it's not one better than the other, one above the other. It's it's life for life. It's value. Mm-hmm. They have value. They're made in the image of God. So keeping, keeping and being mindful of that. Then saying three kind of transitions to, again, kind of like associations and staying close to people. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Or you may learn their ways and you may get yourself ensnared. Mm. And so... I, anger is one of those emotions, you guys, too, that you might not have a ton of vernacular for what you're feeling, but anger, I think, is one of the, like, very, you know, top surface surface levels that so many people would say, I can identify, like, I'm angry right now. And so it's curious, though, because there's kind of like this fire where if you're kind of around angry people, and Clark, you can speak more into this, I'm not sure... Yeah, um, yeah, I think where you when, go. Yeah, when you're around those people, it can rub off on you. Just like when you're around yeah. people who are kind and uber generous and blessing. But I feel like sure. oftentimes today, there are significant movements, especially as our culture becomes more and more polarized. And even some topics within the church oh, become more and more polarized. Yeah. That people will roll when people tap into their flesh. And what I mean sure. is they will tap in and they will villainize other people and bring it up where people go, yeah, yeah, you know, and this one church, or this organization just booms and grows because they're willing to take a stand and, and demonize uh, other folks. And that happens in education. That happens in spiritual entities. People go mm-hmm. to that place, one person, they come out another. Why? Because they've been tapping into their flesh. And it doesn't mean that there's not things that you have to stand up for and talk to. But it just breaks my heart when I watch people go to churches or go to colleges and they come back and I'm like, I don't even recognize you anymore because they've been surrounded by people who have a yeah. uh, an agenda with God 
not involved and they come back super angry about whatever it is. Hmm. There's a theologian Clark who says, when we're around these people, we acquire their habits, we learn their ways, we absorb their spirit, and then we show their temper and we walk their steps. And it's just this gradual progression of us conforming to someone that's not like Christ. And so the flip side is true. We got to be like Christ. We spend time with him, be in Christian community, Mm -hmm. stand up for what is truth. Absolutely. But just do it with a sense of humility and kindness because that's what Jesus did. Hmm. Um, As we near the end of this proverb now, uh, this is what I want to end on, verses 28 and 29. It says, do not move an ancient boundary stone set up by your ancestors. And that might seem really foreign to us today. Like, why are they talking about that? Well, in the days of Joshua, the promised land was divided up among the tribes of people. And the promised land was divided up so they knew who owned what land and in which tribe it belonged to. Sure. So if you moved a boundary stone, that's like stealing property. Hmm. They'd be like you literally going and taking your neighbor's property, like moving your fence 20 feet over saying, hey, like I'm going to take this. This is mine now. And then ultimately, it's the Lord's land that he is blessing and sharing with the people of Israel. And so here we're thinking about, again, just don't take what's not yours. Work hard for what you got. Be a good steward with it. Share so you can spare. Give God the glory and honor. Mm. And then the last one, verse 29, do you see someone skilled in their work? They'll serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. Hey, use your gifts and your skills to grow and get better. Someday I want to talk more about this book, Atomic Habits. It talks about increasing 1% every day in whatever skill you want to do. For us as Christians, it's a talking by adhering to the spiritual disciplines, being in the Word every day, being a person of prayer every day, incorporating fasting and silence and solitude, and then using the gifts God gave you for the glory of others. So if you're interested in that, I'd encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 and uh, ask the Lord how He'll guide you and lead you. So friends, thank you for listening to this podcast. We're excited to bring Proverbs 23 for you tomorrow. God bless you. bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.